Before 25 is a podcast with a mission to remind us that before we can reach milestones in life, a process needs to be embraced by choosing each day to be much braver than before. Hello everybody, my name is Zamo Vanessa, your host, and welcome to Before 25 Podcast. In this month's episode, I will share with you five growth mindset practices that will perhaps change the way you think of self-belief. But before we get there, I'm starting off with an excerpt from one of my journal entries. And I'm starting with it because it perfectly encapsulates this month's episode on self-belief. This is what I wrote. Choosing to follow my gut by going abroad in pursuit of personal growth as well as career growth and development was one of the best, albeit hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. During this time, I had to look back, strip myself bare and reflect on all my life experiences that led up to this moment. In doing so, I found myself welcoming pleasant feelings of self-assuredness and feelings of being deserving of every good thing that has ever happened to me. Then it dawned on me that I didn't feel equally assured and deserving of all the bad experiences, especially those that altered my views about humanity, myself, and my inherent worth. I didn't feel equally assured and deserving of these experiences because they somehow defined me. The more I felt defined by these bad experiences, the more they bred and cultivated shame within me, which according to Dr. Brene Brown, the shame researcher, is the fear that we are not good enough. And in my effort to wage a war against this powerful master emotion, I had a breakthrough after reading Dr. Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, which this episode is based on. This book helped me conclude that perhaps I deserve neither good or bad, but whatever it takes to unearth the best within me. So what exactly is the book Mindset all about? The book highlights the power of people's beliefs. These beliefs about ourselves, which we may or may not be aware of, permeate in every part of our lives, affecting not only what we want and whether we succeed in getting it, but also the way we view or interact with others and the world around us. Dr. Dweck says that much of what may be preventing us from fulfilling our potential emanates from these beliefs. In fact, much of what we've come to know as our personalities also emanates from these beliefs, which then become our mindset. Think for a moment about the world's greatest leaders, teachers, artists, scientists, businessmen and women, you name it. Do you rationalize your shortcomings by crediting their success to an innate ability given to them at birth? Or do you credit their success to hard work and determination, traits that ought to be pursued and emulated? These are the respective thought processes that Dr. Dweck, author of The Mindset, characterizes as the fixed and growth mindset. So what is a fixed mindset? People with the belief that their qualities are carved or set in stone have a fixed mindset. 
the fixed mindset stifles all forms of growth and development opportunities because it believes that a person is the way they are and nothing can be done to change that. People with this line of thinking often have an urgency to succeed. And when they do, they are seen wasting time hiding their deficiencies and trying to prove time and again how great they are instead of improving themselves. The problem with the fixed mindset sees itself when people in it, in trying to show how great or special they are, begin to see themselves as superior and more valuable than others. However, and sadly, lurking behind the esteem of a person with a fixed mindset is a simple question. If you're a somebody when you're quote-unquote successful, what are you when you're not? Dr. Dweck says that failure in the fixed mindset is often transformed from an action, which is I failed, to an identity, I am a failure. And that is a problem. And then there's the growth mindset. People with the belief that their basic qualities and abilities can be cultivated through effort, strategies and help with others have a growth mindset. People in the growth mindset believe that, quote, a person's true potential is unknown and unknowable, that it is impossible to foresee what can be accomplished with years of passion, toil and training, end quote. Although people do differ in their initial talents, aptitudes, interests, or temperaments, of course they do. Of course we all have to differ, you know, but the power of the growth mindset isn't believing that everyone can improve. Everyone can grow and change through application and experience. So it is therefore important to highlight that being in the growth mindset does not mean that with the proper education and training as well as motivation, anyone can become a Beethoven or Einstein. Of course not. Instead, with the proper tools such as education and training as well as motivation, the growth mindset believes that we can attain the highest expression of ourselves. The growth mindset is all about becoming the best version of yourself. Furthermore, being in the growth mindset also does not mean that hard work and effort will always pay off. Instead, the growth mindset allows people to value what they are doing regardless of the outcome. Dr. Dweck says that the hallmark of the mindset, of the growth mindset, is about the passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it even or especially when it is not going well. This book helped me redefine my understanding of self-belief by transforming my belief that a person is only given an X amount of capabilities at birth to believing that a person's ability to do anything can be cultivated and developed. With enough focused effort, we can all drastically change our brains and cognitive abilities. And science even backs it up. Science shows that we can change our brains and grow our cognitive abilities in three fundamental ways. The first way our brains and cognitive abilities can change is by physically growing sections of our brain. Several years ago, before taxi drivers 
used a GPS. Brain researchers took brain scans of experienced London taxi drivers. Researchers found that the more experience taxi drivers had in navigating the London road network, the larger their hippocampuses were. The hippocampus is a region in the brain associated with spatial awareness and memory. The brain scans revealed that the more demands the driver put on their brains, the more they were able to expand that region in their brains and do their job more effectively. The second way our brain and cognitive abilities can change is by speeding up our brain circuits. Not all brain regions can physically expand. However, other regions of the brain can change and enhance cognitive ability by making brain circuits faster. This is achieved through a process called myelination. When you focus intensely on a single subject for a period of time, you start forming white sheaths on your brain cells called myelin. And a brain circuit with myelin can transmit information 10 times faster than a brain circuit without myelin. The third way our brains and cognitive abilities can change is by rewiring our brains. One peer review study showed that when experienced guitarists play their guitar, more regions in their brains were activated compared to novice guitar players. Novice guitar players only activated a region in their brains associated to the fingers in their left hand, the hand they use to play the different notes. However, when an experienced guitarist plays, the activation in their brain is expanded to regions associated to the fingers as well as the palm of their left hand. So science proves that our intelligence and abilities are not fixed or set in stone. With enough effort, we can drastically change our brains, but it all starts with adopting a growth mindset. So without further ado, let's get into the five growth mindset practices that can give you every reason to believe in yourself. Number one, if you trust yourself enough to embrace challenges instead of avoiding them, then you have every reason to believe in yourself. Number two, if you can trust yourself enough to persist in the face of setbacks instead of being defensive or easily giving up, then you have every reason to believe in yourself. Number three, if you can trust yourself enough to see effort as a path to mastery instead of seeing it as fruitless or worse, then you have every reason to believe in yourself. Number four, if you can trust yourself enough to learn from criticism instead of ignoring useful negative feedback, then you have every reason to believe in yourself. Number five, if you can trust yourself enough to find lessons and inspiration in the success of others instead of feeling threatened by success, threatened by their success, then you have every reason to believe in yourself. In the previous podcast, I mentioned that I personally have a weird dynamic with self-belief and it's something that I am personally working on. 
here's where the weird dynamic comes into play. The classic turbulent INFJ personality in me really has a hard time with criticism. Y'all, <laughs> I really have a hard time with criticism, but I've since gotten a perspective on how to view it as well as how to process it. Criticism certainly has its place in the world. In many instances, it is very much necessary and helpful criticism makes the world better. But we are only humans and sometimes we make blunders. Sometimes we find ourselves dishing unhelpful criticism by overly criticizing others. And in some instances, we find ourselves on the receiving end. Nick Wignall, a writer I follow on Medium, wrote this about unhelpful criticism. Quote, Criticizing others is often an unconscious defense mechanism aimed at alleviating our own insecurities, end quote. Weirdly enough though, to show just how complicated humans can sometimes be, criticizing others actually makes us feel good about ourselves. Yo guys. <laughs> it actually makes us feel good. Often we are so sure about ourselves, our perspectives, that sometimes we think that our way of being is better than the next person's. If you're like me, I'm sure you have at some point thought of your life choices, your values, your way of spending money, your way of spending your time as better than the next person's. But here's the thing though, when you point out that someone is lazy, you're basically implying that you're hardworking and that feels really good. When you point out to yourself that someone else is dumb, you're implying that you're smart. When you chuckle at someone else's fashion sense, you're basically telling yourself that your taste is far better and that feels extremely good. While being critical of others may temporarily make us feel good about ourselves, it usually makes us feel worse about ourselves in the long term. The thing about criticism is that it starts off as an encounter between two people. And before we know it, it morphs into a one-man conversation where we find ourselves dishing unhelpful criticism to ourselves and in the process, we end up shaming ourselves. And shame, as I have come to learn, is a barrier to the growth mindset and self-belief. I'm sure most of us can agree that the one-man daily critical conversation with ourselves is the most dangerous, simply because it cultivates shame within us. And shame is the master emotion that makes us feel like we are not good enough. So the key to dealing with unhelpful criticism is in understanding that it is not about you. It's about the other person. So don't take it personally because taking it personally means that you are agreeing with what the person is saying. And in most cases, you really don't have to agree with them. So I've learned that criticism needs to be given as well as received with humility. C.S. Lewis says this about humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Rather, it is thinking of yourself 
less. He further says that if anyone would like to acquire humility, the first step is to realize that one is proud, at least nothing before it. If you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed, end quote. So what does this all mean? Based on C.S. Lewis's definition of humility, this means that the person giving criticism should not be thinking about themselves, not at all. And the person receiving criticism shouldn't now think less of themselves. There you have it, y'all. We have come to the end of this month's episode. And I want to finish off by pointing out that stretching ourselves and sticking to it by following the five growth mindset practices, as I mentioned earlier, is easier said than done. Because shame causes us to fail at consistently showing up for ourselves, our loved ones, and for the things that matter most to us. So I want you to think about how shame, the master emotion, the feeling that we are not good enough, has interfered with your ability to show up for yourself, your loved ones, as well as things, projects, endeavors that matter most to you. Once you are done thinking about that, I want you to consider joining in on next month's episode as we will be talking about how shame resilience is the antidote to our inability to show up for ourselves. So thank you so much for joining and see you in next month's episode. Bye!